I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF, February 10th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. So this is a fun fact of the day. In Spain, they give you 400 euros when you turn 18 to spend on cultural events. Now, after the government omitted bullfighting from the list of qualifying events, an organization that promotes the activity has now taken the matter to court. Jay, if you were given $400 to spend on a cultural activity, what would you spend it on? The New England Patriots game? <laughs> Does that count? That's your culture. I was thinking because we're in Spain, maybe we go to Ibiza and go to a rave. I don't know. I think the thing we probably we spend the most money on, like that will fall under the category of culture. We do go to live theater. Kids just went this week to see Joseph and the amazing technical dream code. My wife and I mid COVID, but post Broadway opening up, we did go to New York City for a Broadway play. Saw a great play, the Lehman trilogy. But you know, I like that. Probably really good for cultural businesses. It must be. Probably great for museums. I'm down with it. They got one of the coolest looking museum slash galleries in the world in Bilbao, made by Toronto native Frank Gehry. So take a look at that one. Yeah, look, I love to get $400 spent on cultural activities. I like museums and then go to the theater, but not your theater, Cineplex, to watch Top Gun Maverick again. That's what I would spend it on. <laughs> you can see it a lot for 400 euros. Uh, we actually <laughs> went, shout out to me and my wife on our honeymoon, we went to Bilbao to see the museum and had a great time in that lovely, lovely city. Brett, aside from how we're going to spend our 400 euro on culture, what do you have for people else today? For our first story, layoffs at Disney. For our second story, right to fix. And for our last story, Bombardier is getting big into chats. For our first story, layoffs. They're not just plaguing big tech anymore. Disney plans to lay off 7,000 workers and restructure its organization as it looks to boost profits and cut costs by about $5.5 billion. This might be the first big layoff outside of tech. What is the background, Brett? So notorious CEO Bob Iger will disband the Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution Division, accounting for most of the layoffs and replace it with a new Disney Entertainment Division focusing on everything related to movies, TV and Disney Plus. 7,000 employees and four words is what he's getting rid of, it sounds like. Iger also promised to cut content spending by focusing on core franchises, exploring ways to bring in cash like licensing deals and hiking Disney Plus prices, and making creative leaders more accountable for the financial performance of their content. Now to catch you up, for those who grew up pretending to be Buzz Lightyear and Little Mermaids, Disney might feel like an unstoppable juggernaut with unmatched cultural influence, but things have been uneasy since Iger came out of retirement to save the company. Disney Plus continues to bleed money, losing about $10 billion since its launch in 2019 and is involved in an ongoing political battle with the state of Florida. The company also narrowly avoided a proxy war. Activist investor Nelson Peltz was critical of Iger and sought to get a board seat, but backed down as he was pleased with the new direction. Here's the bottom line. In the face of immense pressure to make Disney more profitable across entertainment, parks, and investment in ESPN, Iger said, quote unquote, it's time for another transformation. I guess cost cutting and organizational restructuring are their first steps in the House of Mouse's next stage. Beautiful. Thank you. To zoom out, Disney is far from the only entertainment company going through an existential crisis with rivals like Netflix and Warner Brothers, Discovery, also looking for ways to thrive or simply survive in a media landscape where movies have lost their cultural cachet and streaming only gets more crowded. 
for a second story. Tech companies are making their phones and computers a little bit easier to fix, but consumer advocates want lawmakers to push them even further. Jay, this isn't so much relevant to me. I can't fix anything myself, let alone a phone, so I will not be participating in this. But what do some of the handier peak pals want from lawmakers? Well, tech companies like Apple and Microsoft have made their products a little bit easier for the average user, as you said. But they're still getting bad grades on a scorecard from the U.S. Public Interest Research Group known as U.S. Perk. The grading is based on things like availability of repair manuals and spare parts, how hard it is to assemble a device, and device makers' involvement in lobbying against repairability laws. After getting an F grade last year, Apple upgraded to a D after making its iPhones 67% easier to repair. Microsoft stayed in the D grade range, but edged closer to a C in the category of laptop repair. A world full of geniuses, Jay? Terrifying. Driving the news. While some of the claims of consumer advocacy groups like U.S. Perg need to be taken with a grain of salt, lawmakers seem to be getting serious about right to repair laws. New York became the first U.S. state to pass such a law in December, and European lawmakers have been working on a right to repair law that could take effect next year, well, as long as it's not delayed again. Right. In Canada, a parliamentary committee is currently considering a law, which is Bill C-244, that would grant an exemption to copyright restrictions that currently stop Canadians from being able to fix their own digital devices. But big tech companies have been fighting back, arguing that these laws would compromise device security and expose trade secrets by letting third parties open up and tinker with their products. Apple, Samsung, and Google are part of a lobby group that fought a proposed right to repair law in California, which was nixed by a Senate committee last year. And here's why it matters. While reports by consumer advocacy groups should be taken with a grain of salt, it's no secret that things aren't made quite like they used to be. Whereas many old school analog appliances could be repaired easily using widely available tools and parts, today's digital devices are next to impossible for the average person to fix, and some of them can't be fixed at all. It's kind of like the anti-IKEA, if you will. For our third story, thousands of travelers probably wish they owned a private jet, or a PJ, we'll call it, after a disastrous holiday travel season. If they can afford one, Bombardier would like to help them out. So driving the news, Canadian jet maker Bombardier boosted its 2023 forecast as its latest earnings call after doing gangbusters last year and projecting demand for private jets to remain sky high, you get it, Jay? Yeah. Despite a down economy and public shaming around private travel. Bombardier capitalized on an appetite for swanky soaring, delivering 123 planes in 2022 and has plans to launch its near supersonic global 8,000 jet in 2025. Can't wait to get my hands on one of those bad boys. And here's why it's happening. Well, Many people are pinching pennies. That's not true of private flyers. The resilience start to 2023 for biz jets and luxury goods shows that high net worth individuals are still spending and that they expect this trend to continue. And that's per a Desjardins report. Now to zoom out. It's not just private jets. The global luxury goods industry likely did about 1.4 trillion euro in sales last year per Bain & Company, surging 21% from the year before, with China set to really open up this year post-COVID or late COVID. Those numbers are projected to improve further. Luxury automakers, Ferrari and Rolls-Royce, also known as My Garage, both broke records last year, while fashion brands like Coach, Ralph Lauren, and LVMH all had massive 2022s. And here's why it matters. With luxury goods surging, companies be motivated to expand their luxury arms, potentially at the expense of choice and innovation for everyday consumers like you and I, Brett. Kind of like Bombardier did when it shifted to essentially only selling PJs in 2020. 
Big Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Right, you want me to tie all the stories together before we head off for the weekend? Let's do it, Jay. I'm going to get in a private jet to fly to Disney World, and on the way, I'm going to repair my iPhone. What do you think of that? It sounds like the perfect trip. Such a good weekend. Brett, have a good one. You too, Jay.